I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. So anyway, you probably it in. <laughs> uh, okay, I feel uh, I feel pretty good. Uh, My ass is itchy to, to dive into this. Yeah, you do talk about having an itchy butthole. I think it's a hemorrhoid. Right. I think it's a lack of wiping properly. Yeah, you definitely need a tushy. Dude. Sometimes I go shit to shower. Gabe, uh, should we get a bidet? It's a life changer. Life. It's a fucking life changer. Changed my life. I know. Do you have a tushy? Yeah. You know what's really funny, Gabe? <laughs> Toshi is a is like a it's a bidet brand, but uh-huh. uh, well, I I've talked up bidets so much, specifically Toshi yeah. because I have a Toshi. But um, yeah. uh, I've talked it up so much that I had someone message me not too long ago asking me what Sick Boy's promo code for <laughs> for Toshi was because they were going <laughs> to order one, and I was like, we don't, we don't even, we don't, we have, don't one. have one, and they, yeah. and they were like, oh, I. Yeah. Totally thought you guys were being paid by them. <laughs> Gabe, you don't have a Toto Washlet 3000, do you? No, man. I, I got whatever was on Amazon. It's like 30 bucks. I have no idea what the Toto Wash 3000 is, but it is a spray. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it works fantastic. It's like the toilet paper craze is like not even a not even an issue anymore. Yeah, man. I, I, should make, I really do have to make the switch. I know. Me too. It's, I would pay. Truly is like, I would. I'm like one of those people, unfortunately, that... When I start to dig into things, like when I want a product, I start to yeah. like I start to look at like the whole range of like what you could get in that category, mm. and I and I start to become very enchanted by the expensive, by the exp- like the the high the high top of the range, item. which which is the Toto Washlet three thousand. Only if they're like selling the if, that's if, like that's like a seventeen hundred dollar toilet attachment if the company is selling it well though like if, if because taylor you're not you're not a sucker for like good marketing you're like you do like i do that yeah i do the research and, and figure out what exactly is the best value remember when we went to justin bell when we recorded at justin justin Baldoni's house and we went in and he had the he had the toilet seat that that had a button that opened that took the seat up and down yeah i didn't use the that's the i didn't use the bathroom at his house <laughs> robot. Now, now i regret it it's a robot the robot shitter it's oh i God. mean it's like straight out of it was better than being in a, ho- a vegas hotel yeah. guys we're talking about the most lavish things in life right now we're and we're about to start a conversation about why people can't can't get paid for sick days <laughs> yeah like it's yeah crazy. <laughs> it's a great segue good segue brian um uh, we are not here to talk about um how to keep our assholes clean uh we are joined by dr gabriel steven can i call you gabe yeah call me gabe nice uh we are joined by gabe uh dr gabe and uh dr gabe dr steven i guess technically is what you're supposed to say but i'm gonna say dr gabe because it's kind of cool uh dr gabe you're an emergency physician uh based out of toronto 
And we're going to hold back as much as we possibly can uh, and refrain from asking you about the crazy stuff that you've seen stuck up the uh, buttholes of uh, patients that have come to see you. It's every, it's a, what it's what always comes to mind. When, when we talk to emergency doctors, we're like, come on, what's the craziest what's thing? What's up the ass? <laughs> um, uh, but uh, today we're going to be talking about... So it's funny. Like, because we, we're talking about something very important today, we want to get to the important... Conversation. Like, it's not that the butthole stuff isn't interesting. We do. It's just that there's more important things yeah, to talk about. Put the butthole on hold today. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll talk to, to Dr. Gabe about buttholes at some other point. But today we're talking about paid sick leave. And here's... So, so I was, uh, I was coming into this a little unprepared and I, I was looking at the guys and I was like, we're going to be Gabe's coming on. What are we, what are we talking about? And I was like paid sick leave. And I was like, what, what the fuck are we talking about paid sick leave for? And Bri kind of gave me like a quick little rundown, but I'm sure that there's somebody else who's listening to the podcast right now who heard me say that. And also are kind of having a, a bit of like a, wait a minute, paid sick leave. Like what, why is this important? Um, so Gabe, why don't you why don't you give us a little lowdown on why we're here to talk about uh, paid sick leave and the importance of said topic? Hundred percent. And thank you guys so much for uh, having me here. Um, again, big longtime fan of Sick Boy. I the OG listener of Sick Boy. I listen to you guys through residency, so I'm here now and uh, pinching myself the whole way through. But um, so paid sick leave is like. So it's so the reason it's important, it's come to the forefront right now because we're talking about it in the context of the pandemic mm-hmm. as an okay. intervention that can slow the spread of COVID-19. Um, but it's been an issue as far as a health issue for forever. I mean, um, I'm a part of a group called Decent Work and Health, which is a, a collective of healthcare providers advocating for paid sick leave. We've been advocating since 2017 for this. It's just the pandemic's really pushed it to the forefront. And you know, the best way I can kind of explain it, um, actually, I, I kind of like using stories. Can I guys tell, can I, can I tell you an actual like, kind of clinical vignette that sort of illustrates why this is important? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, I'll change a bit of the details because uh, patient privacy reasons. But basically, um, you know, I didn't start thinking about paid sick leave until you know, I work emergency medicine. So I work night shifts and emerge is cool because it's kind of like the tv show where you know anything can come in sort of thing so it was one of those nights where it's like 2 a.m um i'm sure i mean i'm sure i've saw some pretty crazy stuff maybe maybe things in people's butts i don't know <laughs> maybe, <laughs> like, yeah. maybe but um i got called to bedside um by the nurse because a patient came in uh, with difficulty breathing um and so i i saw the patient they were on oxygen. Um, their legs were swollen. Um, they were really working hard to breathe. And it was very clear to me from my initial assessment of the patient that this person has likely heart failure. Sounds like a big deal. Heart failure. Um, it is a big deal. And so, you know, heart failure is when, because your heart's not pumping properly, uh, fluid backs up into different parts of your body. It ends up in your legs ends up in your lungs, your lungs fill up with water, it gets really difficult to breathe sort of thing. Mm. Um, So I did all that I could to try and resuscitate the patient. And to be honest, their oxygen requirements went down, but they still required a little bit of oxygen. They felt a bit better though. I recommended to them that they need to be admitted to hospital because they have a medical emergency. And I'm an eMERGE doc, that's what I do is identify medical emergencies. And they looked at me and they said, no doc, I got to go home. Um, and so it's two in the morning right now, um, 
two or three in the morning and they're like, I want to go home. Um, and I, and I explained to them, well, listen, going home could mean this could get worse. Um, in the worst case scenario, you come back and you might need ICU level care. There's mm. a chance that people can die from this. And they said, no doc, I got to go home because I need to go to work. Um, wow. and so hmm. it was a big moment for me where I said, what do you, okay, well, that's fine. I'll write you a note for work, right? Give you some time off work. And they said, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. I don't get paid if I don't show up for work. Mm-hmm. And so I went back and forth with them and they said, no, 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 doc, listen, I don't care what you say. I have to go. I'm not like you. I can't afford to miss a day of work because that means I might not be able to make rent. Um, and so eventually, you know, I told them the risks and benefits of, um, staying or leaving, and then they signed out and then left and they came back a few days later and as predicted, they were much, much sicker. And so after seeing this, it was, it dawned on me, like, you know, I'm an emergency doctor, right? And, and my job is to identify medical emergencies. And that's what I've trained my entire career to do. But what I realized is there are some people when I identify an emergency and I say, this is a true medical emergency. They'll tell me that I need to go because I can't miss work. And it just made it really clear to me that there are a lot of Canadians that aren't working to thrive. They're literally working to survive every single day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is where the whole paid sick leave debate started you know, many years ago. We're saying, well, paid sick leave keeps people healthy, but the pandemics made this way more real. Like you guys, like how many times did you guys wake up this year thinking you had COVID? Like you had a scratchy throat or something. Yeah, like yeah, I have COVID. Totally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It happened to me all the time. Uh, and in those situations, I'd miss work and um, I'd go get tested. For a lot of people living in Canada, that's not a luxury they have, right? Yeah. And so, so they go to work. Um, and you know, we we all know now that early COVID can be pretty asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic, mm. and and it causes spread. And in my community that I practice emergency medicine, from September to December, they did a whole study and they found that sixty percent of the COVID cases were linked to a workplace outbreak, right? And one in four people were going to work with COVID symptoms. And so that's why paid sick days is a big issue. And, and, mm. and that's why we, we know from evidence that it curbs pandemic. And that's why we're really advocating for it to be used here. Is, well, is paid sick leave something that is, um, uh, again, because this is one of those things that I'd never really thought about. And then hearing that story that you just told it and, and again, putting it uh, like, you know, under the lens of, of COVID, it, it does really shine a light on how important this 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 really just is for, for our country, for the, for the people who live in our country. Um, what is, what is like the paid sick leave model right now? Like, is it, is it one of those things where some it's, it's, it's something that some employers, um, implement into their, their workplace and where others don't, is it, or is it, um, like how, how does paid sick leave work? Like, are there, are there, are there more, people uh more sort of i guess lines of work that that you see it happening more often than not uh, are there other certain communities that are just like dis- dis- disproportionately not receiving or or seeing anything to do with paid sick leave yeah it's a good question and so 
there's a couple of parts to that. So in terms of Canada right now, so Canada has uh, paid sick leave. So when we talk about paid sick leave, what we're referring to is that the employer pays you out, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, you know, right now you guys might have heard of there's the CRSD, which is the federal program. Um, so if you miss work uh, 50% of the work week because you have COVID, you can apply for this program. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're referring to because you need to miss 50% of your work in order to even be eligible for that. And there's yeah. like a whole wait list of weeks to get that. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like, I call in sick today, I, I know I'm still going to get paid. So that in Canada um, exists and pretty much it's a provincial thing. So there's no federal mandated paid sick leave. So every province has something different. Mm. And the only provinces that have um, paid sick leave is uh, Quebec and PEI. So in Quebec, you get two days out of a whole year. In PEI, you get one day a year if you've worked with the same employer for five years. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, so and that's so- like, that's that's just like... I mean, <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's exactly that. It's, it's kind of like, it's, it's not, nothing. It's, yeah. it, it's nothing like, are you in, and so in the context of this conversation, are we, you know, like we have, um, uh, we have minimum wage, you know, and like, is, is this the type of thing that we're, that is this the type of thing that we, that we want to push for, um, as a nation, like going, Hey, we want like a federally mandated, just mm. like minimum wage, just like everybody who has a job has to earn at least this much in an, on an hourly basis. And, you know, whether you are, you know, whether you are working this, you know, blue collar job up to this like high salary job, you know that you've got at least this much and like not and probably not one or two days, but a meaningful amount so that you're not going to cuz when you what, tell what that what would it look like what would it look like what would be me- a meaningful like, amount like, like i don't know and when you tell that story i was just going like it's it it is it 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 was an incredible story to highlight exactly what this issue is all about because when you have somebody saying when you are telling somebody hey this might cost you your life yeah. and they're going well me not going to work is like for sure going to cost me a huge chunk of my life and mm-hmm. ma- like might put me into a rut that I can't get out of. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just, that is, it's the perfect, mm-hmm. it's the, it's, it is the perfect story to highlight how dire some people's situations are and why some people just go, yeah, I got to go to work. So yeah, sorry. So, so yeah. what your question, well, there, like, what, what does how, it look how like? would it, yeah. What would it look like? You know, if, if the country was to implement this, what's the ideal scenario? Yeah. So, so we have, um, so through decent work and health, um, there's a report uh, that was created that basically outlines what we think we should have. And so the the ideal scenario, um, you know, we would recommend like seven full paid days of sick leave, right? So like mm-hmm. in a year, you get seven days off, right? You catch a cold two times a year, something happens, you stay home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that it should be employer paid, so your employer pays it, and that it uh, is universal. Um, so everyone gets it across, uh, across the country and, right. uh, and also every worker, right? Cause there's a lot of workers that, um, are not Canadian citizens, right? There are, there are a lot of workers that are temporary agency workers, et cetera, et cetera. Like everyone should have paid sick leave because mm-hmm. it ultimately benefits the whole community when people don't go to work when they're sick. Um, and that it's 
also across the board, um, like it should be everywhere in the country. Now, it's still right now a provincial thing. So we recently tried to push a bill for this in, in Ontario and it didn't go through. Uh, which was asking for seven um, days of paid sick leave in Ontario and then 14 days in a pandemic, um, mm. so up to two mm. weeks in a pandemic. And so that didn't pass uh, it, in like this was like, how recent was this? This is like pandemic era legislation. Mm-hmm. That yeah, didn't last go month. Through? Oh, crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it was yeah, before yeah. the pandemic. They were like, just in case there's just a pandemic around the corner, the let's add the 14 days. <laughs> Which I, like smart people might think about yeah, that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm imagining that this... Uh, affects mostly uh people who sit right at the poverty line and marginalized populations mm-hmm. because you know there's a lot of people who uh if they don't get a paid sick day they can afford to stay home because financially they're doing well enough that, right. that that's the case so it this feels like it's disproportionately affecting those marginalized populations um what does that look like statistically like are there any stats around how many people this affects and how many people live like in that, in that, uh, range that are, that are not getting paid sick Mm. days right now. And like, what, what do those jobs look like in our society? Yeah. Yeah, So we totally have stats on this, which is, um, so 58% of all workers in Canada don't have a single day of paid sick leave. So that's just everybody, all comers. And then when we uh, take that to low wage workers um, that are making about 25K a year, that's 70% of workers have no access to paid sick leave. And if you think about this, right, like, um, again, going back to narrative, right, like I know someone that works um, two minimum wage jobs, they work almost 80 hours a week, and they do that because working one minimum wage job earns you about 25K a year. And imagine living on 25K a year in any big urban city in, in, in Canada, um, you, it's so difficult to live with a meaningful amount of dignity, right? Mm-hmm. So they work two and they make what about 50 K 48 K a year. Um, and the, you know, people, people always worry saying like, Oh, well, people abuse paid sick leave. Like, why are we giving paid sick leave out to people? I, I don't think anyone could make the argument that someone who's working 40 to 80 hours a week is not a productive person in society, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so this person works this much, they're barely keeping their head above water. And this is the narrative for a lot of people who don't have access to paid sick leave. Mm-hmm. And paid sick leave is like the bare minimum because yeah. paid sick leave is the thing that will drown these individuals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're barely keeping their head above water and then having a day where they miss work means that they, they they just drown right and that's that's the problem here yeah it's interesting because i i work for a uh, data and analytics research company as well and we do research specifically on the work environment and uh and i i can only imagine that having paid sick leave would just increase the morale of the organization and probably be a net benefit for employee engagement as a whole that would positively affect the business, probably save them a lot of money in the small investment mm. of paying for somebody's time off when they're actually sick. And <laughs> and you think about and you think about when like at what point like I am I'm we, we this is something that's come up a lot like uh just talking about the economics of healthcare and you know when like at what point does the federal government go well, you know, if this person's going to come in to emerge and have this heart failure problem and then is going to because uh, they don't have paid sick leave that is mandated uh that's mandated at the federal level 
And like, you know, whether that's paid by the employer or whether it's subsidized by the federal government in some way or, you know, however, however that that mm. structure gets set up, at what point does the federal government say, well, it's w- definitely to our benefit for this person to not end up here in the ICU five days later. Well, think of that, that vignette that Gabe shared at the beginning. Like if that person yeah. was able to stay in the hospital for a day, maybe get checked out, see, ended up, um, you know, being diagnosed with whatever, feeling better. And it were able to leave at the end of that day rather than coming back a few days Ooh. later and probably being a lot worse for wear. Like, and you've got to think <laughs> that the math, that the math at some point checks out because I, I mean, I don't know the exact cost, but I know it's not cheap to be in the ICU. Yeah. Having said that, and, and especially talking about like, whenever we talk about these kinds of, I also just want to say that I I don't just think it's a math equation. No, yeah, no, I know yeah, that it's know, people. Yeah. No, no, it's people yeah. that deserve. And yeah, that are that they are deserving. And Even that, if the numbers didn't work out, yeah, it's yes. a there's a yeah. morality yeah. and ethical 100%. thing that, and it does work out too. Like that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, yeah. like it, it actually does work out. So what right. you're describing yeah. is called presenteeism, right? It's and it's really well documented, which is like people who should be staying home when they're sick shows up to uh, work when they're sick because they're trying to be present. Yeah. Presenteeism. Um, it's not like they're avoiding getting sick because they don't have paid sick leave. People still get sick. Mm. It's just now they're going to show up to work and pass it to everyone else. That's yeah, especially yeah. with COVID, right? Like that's yeah. a, that's a huge fucking problem. Totally. Yeah. So well, when they've done studies on this, like staying home when you're sick as opposed to showing up when you're when you're sick, um, it actually costs ten times more um, right. to be uh, for for presenteeism than absenteeism. So there are a lot Whoa. of small businesses in Ontario that have formed alliances to actually advocate for paid sick days, saying that this is actually good for business. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. So in t- whenever we talk about these kinds of issues where like, you know, I'm hearing someone like yourself, Gabe, say these things to me where I'm going, well, duh. duh. Like, <laughs> yeah, why the fuck aren't we doing this? I, they're, they're obviously, there must be somebody somewhere who is benefiting from this not being the case. Or has a different belief. Or so thinks that they're benefiting. Or thinks that they it. are. Like, who are, who are those people that maybe think or are benefiting from from not implementing something like this in our country so to be honest with you i have no idea so we we like this is simply like a lack of political will is what we're what we're really seeing um like on an international scale canada's lagging behind so when you look at uh there's an analysis that looked at the 22 highest income and human development countries in the world um, and what they found was Canada was one of five that didn't have any paid sick days at all. So we're, it's not like this is like a revolutionary thing on, on an right. international scale. Um, it, we only assume that there are big 
powers that be, um, maybe multinational companies, big companies that that benefit from this. But we, we, we can't seem to figure out where this is coming from because we're lobbying at it from like, I mean, healthcare workers, we had over 30,000 signatures in support of, uh, of, of paid sick leave. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Ontario Medical Association uh, coming out in support of paid sick leave. Several uh, ministers of health have come out in support of paid sick leave. Like, I, I can't figure it out. Like, I don't know where it's coming from. It doesn't make sense to me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. How much do you guys want to bet that Denmark fucking kills paid sick leave I, I, probably yeah, i would like i like if well. i had to if i had to if i had to place a wager on who gives the best paid sick leave i bet i bet it's gabe do you know who's who's top in the top of the list i actually don't know who's at the top of the list let's let's Not figure it out at the top let's Guys, give it a goo i think we might i think hey canada listen give it a goo canada, <laughs> give it a goo. canada you got to pull up your socks because we might we might have to take this podcast to scandinavia you guys we'll just we'll just move we should all move there together i i don't mind paying higher taxes you know but then we'll just get there and then we'll find out all the problems that they have (laughs) we just we just sit here across the pond and go oh man it's everything's great in denmark we should adopt the good things though but it is like you know there that's the thing is 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 like we live in this like canada has these canada has um like you know we are very liberal liberal and social and socialist. And we have all these socialist programs that are, you know, that I really believe in, in the way that like, Hey, we are the, the way that when, when, when socialism is like kind of working correctly, it's like, it's like people are bought into their country, like a community and we try to provide safety nets and, and and I don't know, and not to get like too far into the political thing, but we're obviously very influenced by our neighbors to the south, and that definitely I think hinders a, hinders our capacity to implement like more progressive policies in that region. But then you look across to Scandinavia, and it's where you find like all these incredible things. I mean, the conversations that we have had on this podcast over the past year, when we start started talking about all of these things that uh, the pandemic has highlighted. Um, you know, issues in long-term uh, care facilities, for example, it seems like everybody's going, Hey, we want to change this thing. This is not like, just like paid sick leave. It's not anything new. The pandemic has brought it to the forefront. Like, look at this, <clears throat> look at this country. They've been doing this for 20 years and their outcomes are incredible, you know, mm. and you know, GDP and bringing everything to scale is pretty, is, is pretty relative. Like, why can't we, do you want me to do give this. you the do you want me to give you the three three countries in yeah. Europe that are that seem to be nailing it? Yeah. Norway, the Netherlands, and Denmark. Nope. Sweden. Uh employees off sick in Sweden are entitled to 80% of their salary for up to one year. Uh Iceland. <clears throat> Iceland, for the first 12 days, employees are entitled to 100 percent of their pay while sick. And after this, they're entitled to sickness benefits for up to 52 weeks in every two-year period. And then Slovenia, employees are entitled to unlimited time off, all of which will be paid at the rate of 80% of their salary, unless the illness is work-related, in which case it's entitled to 100%. There you go. I mean, that's just, and that's just a couple examples of, of, like you had said earlier, Gabe, like there's, there's a lot of countries that are implementing these types of, uh, these, these types of benefits. Gabe, you, you mentioned. 
I mean, I was just going to say, like, I I just want to also not knock the U.S. here because we always compare ourselves Mm. to the U.S. and we assume Mm. that we're doing better than the U.S. here. But the U.S. has several jurisdictions with paid sick leave, right? Like Colorado just implemented paid sick leave, New York, San Francisco. Um, In fact, like there's good studies. A lot of the studies that we have around paid sick leave with infectious disease um, and how it curbs infectious disease actually comes out of the U.S. Um, So we know that um, in U.S. jurisdictions that have paid sick leave compared to U.S. jurisdictions without, there's uh, a 40 percent reduction of influenza rates during flu waves every single year. And all of this data comes from the U.S., right? Are some of those in some of those jurisdictions, has that been since the start of COVID-19? Because I imagine that. Mm -hmm. No. okay. I'm curious of how because you said um, that this this uh, a lot of this advocacy work has has been going on at least here since 2017, and um, and I'm curious how uh, this is how this problem has been highlighted by COVID 19, and if that's had any impact in getting some movement to happen in the political space, because it seems like a lot of the problems that exist here in Canada, especially in healthcare, are because of the lack of political will, mm-hmm. and I'm hopeful that one of the good things that will come, one of the few good things that will come out of the pandemic is some change in these policies. Is there, is there any hope for, for movement that has been brought on because of COVID-19? Yeah. COVID-19 has accelerated everything, right? Like, and, and it's for good reason. Like there's the WHO has clearly made, um, suggested that the absence of paid sick leave, uh, forces workers to decide between caring for their health or losing their jobs and their income. Like we know that workers without paid sick leave are 1.5 times more likely to go to work when they're sick. And this is all data that's like decade old. Like part of it comes from the H1N1 virus as well. Um, so during the H1N1 pandemic, um, so there was this big national survey in 2009 that went out and they found that uh, a quarter of people didn't have any sort of uh, paid sick leave. And they, they found that the absence of paid sick leave led to an additional 7 million cases of H1N1. And, and, yeah. And, and H1N1 an additional... was like bad if you got, it was worse if you got it, right? Like then COVID relatively, or am I thinking of, what was no, the one in the no, early no. 2000s? Sorry. Maybe I'm thinking of SARS, sorry. Yeah. But, but like the data is all there. And so part of this push with the uh, pandemic, um, it, it's accelerated because there's so much good evidence here um, mm. uh, that, that we're just not tapping into. Like here across Canada, we're seeing increasing variants of concern um, and we're seeing all of this kind of driving numbers up across Canada. Um, one of the concerns here is that the vaccination rates as it's continuing um, may not be enough to curb uh, some of this effect. And, and here's a great tool that we have right here that, that we know has good evidence um, that we're just not using. So the pandemic's really accelerated a lot of this, um, partly for good reasons. Like it's a practical thing, right? Yeah. Mm. And you, even after we go, after, even after the pandemic is over, I mean, like, I'm sure you, I'm sure, and let me know if, if you guys feel like this when you're watching, like wh- whatever you're watching some show on Netflix, whatever it is, because I know that I feel like this, like the pandemic has changed the way that we feel about just people being sick in general, whether, whether it's a common cold or anything. Like I notice when I'm watching TV, I see somebody who's like playing or like, Oh, I've got a cold and they're in the room with everybody. And like, and my brain now is going, 
well, why the fuck are you in the room? Like, get out of the room. Dude, put a mask on. And I know it's a TV and everything, but it's just like my psyche just thinks about people being Stay sick home. differently home. now. Yeah. It's so much. Yeah. And yeah. that is going to be, I think, you know, like in terms of wearing masks, like if we get to a place where, you know, the 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 mandate or the or the recommendation or whatever of wearing masks is no longer there. It's like it's will it be left over that when you yeah. are feeling sick, people put masks on? I, I guarantee. I think, you, it's, I think it's gonna like it's gonna be built into the the the, the culture. I think so too. I guarantee you, ten years from now, in an office, if somebody shows up sick, the other employees will be more pissed off than they would have a year and a half ago yeah, if yeah. somebody showed up sick. Uh, th- this is a this is a question from one of our patrons, and and uh, Gabe, I don't know if you can speak to this or not, but but I'd be curious to hear your answer if you could. Uh, it comes from Sadie. She asks, um, how do we navigate paid sick leave for gig workers like Lyft drivers? Yeah. So this is, this is, uh, so I'm, I'm kind of, uh, going to the depth, like the, the ends of my expertise here, but this is a definitely a big, big, big labor issue yeah. is, um, is gig workers. Uh, gig workers are, um, highly exploited workers, um, they don't really have any labor rights, right? Like, I, I don't know how much you guys have been keeping up with the whole uh, Uber um, uh, yeah. uh, legal issues, but um, they don't really have any uh, labor rights at all. And so part of this is um, changing the, um, the what, how we actually define gig workers and the, the rights that they're entitled to, mm-hmm. right? In an ideal situation, this comes back to sort of what our uh, document and our report suggests. Is this should be universal, right? And it should yeah, include yeah. gig workers. But this is sort of a, um, I, I think gig workers should 100% have some sort of remuneration and paid sick leave, but it's uh, more of a complicated like legal realm. Well, um, to speak to to speak to that to like that to gig to gig workers and the Uber and the the legal the legal stuff with Uber, like I know that they I know that there was a proposition in California that didn't get the votes. Um, to classify them as employees, but there was something I believe in. It was either London proper, might have been the UK in general. Um, yeah, cheerio! That that yeah, uh, 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 blow me, blow me, blow me, and they and they are classified. There 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 was something there that they had them classified as workers, mm-hmm. and so Uber basically was something like fifty thousand, fifty thousand uh, people that they had to basically bring on <laughs> as employees and start to pay. And start to pay some sort of benefits in terms of how they treat. Them. I don't know if they were. I don't know exactly the ins and outs of it, but I would imagine to Sadie's question that that sort of thing. I I bet if I was a betting man that that will be a bit of a domino effect for companies like Uber, where you get a you know a huge metropolitan city like London um, with all these gig workers saying, "Hey, we're classifying these people as workers now." That's probably I wouldn't be surprised if the dominoes fell for other cities and other countries relatively qu- relatively quickly. But still, the fact remains that if that happened in Canada right now, they wouldn't be mandated to pay to, for paid sick leave because that's mm-hmm. you know the conversation mm-hmm. we're having. That mandate isn't there, so mm-hmm. it would then rely on the country or the or people in provinces or in states or wherever 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 the legislation is that there is a mandate for for paid sick leave. Yeah. And, and so the gig work industry is like really um, it's concerning, right? Because a lot of this is um, employers um, kind of 
skirting the rules a little bit or trying mm-hmm. to avoid uh, mandating pay, uh, like any sort of employment standards to workers. Mm-hmm. It's like you can kind of like get the cake but not commit to it, right? Um, type of thing. And and we're even seeing this now in healthcare. Um, so uh, recently there was a um, there was an article that talked about the Uberization of healthcare. So right. uh, we're seeing a lot of um, agency workers and temporary agency workers um, staff. Uh, long-term care facilities. And it's interesting because uh, temp agency workers, when they're working for an agency, um, it's difficult to classify what their uh, employment status is, but there's apps now. Like there's an app where like employers can just have an, uh, um, a, a caretaker or a PSW come in for a day or two and then leave. And so that's like gig work, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're calling them independent contractors, but that's sort of like a... Uh, it's just a, a, it's a fancy way of saying gig work. Yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting because those workers are paid less. They don't have the same rights and protections, same mm-hmm. regulations, all of those things. So mm-hmm. it's a tricky it is, it is a very, very, it is a very, very um, tricky space, especially like, yeah, is, uh, yeah, I, I don't really even know where to go, where to go with that from there because it, it is like, it is such a tricky thing when you are, when you are doing when you are, I mean, it's called gig, it's called gig work for a reason, but then when you are, when you're kind of like in this, when you are, you know, like if you were, if you, if you were doing a bunch of different gigs, but you're not, you're doing the same gig, <laughs> you're doing the same gig all the time, probably for the same company all the time. And they don't have to commit. And like, and, and I, and I, and from the company's like, you know, from the individual standpoint, you're not getting the benefits from the company's standpoint. They don't have to pay the benefits. They're not like liable for that. And, and, you know, it's kind of one of those areas where you, where you think like capitalism kind of falls, capitalism kind of, uh, you know, fails the litmus litmus test in that's in that scenario, because you're, you're, you're going, well, um, it's beneficial for, uh, you know, this company, like like Uber for example, barely profitable as it is, now classify hundreds of thousands of people as employees, and the cost that comes with that. Now, what does that do to a share? Pr- like that's why companies like share price, you know, responsibility to the shareholder, and it's something that that it's it's a way in which capitalism fucking sucks, and like, yeah, that's suspicious. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the annoying thing though is it's like it's like what I want to say to those people is like, Hey, you idiots, like, guess what? This is not only the right thing to do, provide your, your employees or your independent contractors with paid sick leave. It's also going to be more profitable for you in the long run. So like, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of the conversation, it's kind of the conversation with, it's kind of, it's kind of like, it's kind of going like, you know, you're, well, maybe we shouldn't. And in this like tech revolution age, if you want to call it that, like maybe we've gone, we've, we've, we, we sort of like herald these companies like, like Uber or Lyft or whatever. And it's like, well, you're starting companies that are basically built off of the backs of people that you don't really have to pay. Mm. And, and, you know, and, and it's looked at as like incredibly great and efficient because you can, kind of do it from this office with not very many people, you know, and, but yet the work actually gets done by these people that don't get the benefits. And ultimately going back to like our conversation, aren't going to get 
paid sick leave. And that person probably is going to get in a car and drive people around when they're not feeling that great. And, you know, like, and just going Mm -hmm. back full circle to our conversation, which is not good for them and it's not good for the company and it's not good for the people that they're driving and it's not good for their community. What, what can, uh, what can people like us, uh, people like our listeners, what can we do to kind of, you know, this seems like such a such an easy solution, but there seems to be so many barriers to to make it possible. What can we do to to try to get ourselves to a place where this is is getting closer to becoming a reality? Honestly, pick up the phone and call your uh, MPP, call your MP. Like, honestly, like I did not do that a lot until this year. Um, I probably called their office like every day, and it's actually really easy. You just call and then. There's usually someone, uh, it's usually not, it's not them picking up. So it'll be some other person, um, a mortal like us. And, uh, you know, you just, <laughs> you just kind of just tell them what you, what you feel, right? Like they're, they're elected officials that, um, represent you. And, mm. and I think that's the first step, like put the pressure, um, at the grassroots. And mm. the other thing is also get involved. Um, you know, if your listeners are, um, working in uh, workplaces that are unionized, like get involved, um, talk and learn more about what your labor looks like. I mean, Mm. the big thing this pandemic has highlighted is like everything has changed in this pandemic, except an expectation to work, right? People are still, whether it's not like your, your, your workplace has said, Hey, it's a pandemic, um, works out for a couple of months. It's like, no, it's a pandemic. You go home and work. People are still working. And so, um, I, I think it's just very important that people just tune in to what their labor looks like because it's such a big determinant of health, right? Uh, an ability to eat, an ability to sleep, uh, decent work hours, mm. uh, paid sick leave. Like these are all just the bare minimum. And it has such a big impact on your health, whether it be stress, your mental health. We know that working over four, uh, 60 hours a, a year, um, a week, sorry, uh, it it increases your risk of ischemic heart disease by 40% in your lifetime, right? Mm. Like these things matter. And so um, if you're going to work for what 30, 40 years of your life, make it a healthy experience for yourself. And so getting more involved in your own workplace is the first step. Like don't skirt yourself, take those breaks. Those are forms of resistance, right? Mm. Like it's your right to do that. Um, I think that was probably Mm. what I would recommend. I don't mean to throw a wrench in you wrapping this up, but you said something there that kind of, uh, that made me think, and this is just like a, this is a whole other can that we don't need to like fully open. But something that's interesting is that obviously more people are working from home now, and that's probably going to continue well past the pandemic being over. And uh, and there was a, something uh, there was legislation being proposed, or there was like talk or rumors of their um being new rules around um like um labor laws for what uh, uh what an employer can expect from an employee working from home and setting up like co- more concrete boundaries for at home work because there's such a massive population and then like just thinking of like how that bleeds into like more strict t- guidelines around uh, working uh, from yeah around to protect employees Okay. To protect to yeah. protect employees yeah. from from being expected to be at work all the time because they're at home and they work from home. 
I mean, mm-hmm. we all know we, we, we were working from home. Like, it's challenging to draw that line. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, so my, where, that, where, that, where that thought came up is where, <clears throat> you know, if you're working from home and you get sick, but you work from home, like, where's the line there yeah. where, like, you're mm-hmm. sick, but you're at home, but you work from home? And, like, mm-hmm. what's the expectation? And, like, and I think probably that that's these things that the, this this the thing that I was hearing about, it probably speaks to that a little bit. But that's just an interesting, you know, like, how does that work? I imagine that a lot of people who work from home probably are, are privileged enough to have paid sick leave. I would, in, I would probably in, in agree with part. you. But mm-hmm. but maybe but maybe. maybe not. I don't. I've maybe. never had a. I've never had a salaried a salaried like like t- t- job. So I don't know what the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the paid sick leave piece is. Uh, <laughs> we, we we definitely know it's like the big big group that's uh, most impacted by this are racialized people, mm-hmm. especially people in uh, essential work. Like these are all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. individuals that are uh, out there uh, in caretaking roles, service industries, all of that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it, it's interesting, like virtual uh, work uh, is, is definitely going to change a lot of things. Like the other thing that um, you know, my girlfriend was bringing up was like, you know, our company's now going to just like, what's this going to do in terms of exporting labor, right? Um, if, if white collar work, uh, quote unquote, is like now digital, um, Right. Wow. Why, as a multinational company, would you want to hire someone uh, domestically, right? Yeah. Um, when you could, when you could get cheaper labor elsewhere. Like, there's lots of implications to this. Mm. Um, that just blew my mind, dude. Wait till you see. Yeah. It. yeah. I'll, Taylor, I'll tell you about uh, some AI stuff after this that that'll fuck your brain up. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, great. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful way to wrap it up. Uh, uh, Doctor. We can cut all that. Doctor Gabe. Um, uh, very stoked to have had you on the show. Uh, we, we briefly met, uh, a little while back through, uh, through a little chat on clubhouse. Uh, why don't you let our, our listeners know, I, I mean, if, like if this is something that you want our listeners to know, but, uh, how they can, uh, keep up to the, you know, keep up with what you're up to and, and you know, you're obviously, uh, you're obviously, um, not just, uh, uh, an ER doctor, you're, you're, you've got quite a voice. So, so let our listeners know how they can find you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for uh, having me again. So, you know, honestly, uh, I, I, I tweet a lot, uh, probably too much. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you can, uh, you can hit me up. I'm on Twitter at S, uh, Gabri, uh, that's S G A I B R I E. Um, otherwise, um, you know, I would really, really recommend you guys check out, uh, the decent work and health team. Um, so they are at, uh, on Twitter as well. It's decent work. H L T H. Um, those are, uh, those are the big places that, and you know, I'm more than happy to chat with you guys and organize and act, do act, you know, do some of this work, um, at the ground level with anybody. Sweet. Sweet. Very cool. Thanks Gabe. This has been really fun, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. Take care. That is it for today. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. If you like what you heard, make sure that you share our podcast with your friends. We love those extra ears. Sick Boy Podcast is a Snack Labs production. It is produced by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, Brian Stever, and Lauren Sankey. Sound design is coming to you from Donovan the Meerkat Morgan. 
The music of the show is from our friend Rich O'Coin, and Sick Boy Podcast is managed by Jeffrey Lonis. That is it for today. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.